Hey guys, Ben here. Just a little quick warning before you do listen to this episode. Unfortunately, there's a bit of a technical issue on my end of the recording here. So you will hear that my audio throughout this episode is extremely distorted. We've done the best that we can to kind of repair it and make it a little bit listenable. But just a quick little apology in terms of the audio quality on this episode. We do still hope that you enjoy our Season 2 recap of Nip Tuck. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Oz Network as we conclude season two of Nip Tuck. That is right, we have made it through another season of this epically awesome show, and we're here to bring you our recap episode to kind of go through all the main points, the low points, and everything else in between of one of the greatest seasons of television i think in the history of television a lot to talk about we've had a lot to talk about over these last 16 episodes and we're going to conclude it all today my name is ben and i'm a man and i'm nick and uh, i can hear you crying through the walls at night so don't you dare scream at me (laughs) sorry i apologize i'll make sure that i don't next time um but i have to say nick this is kind of a bit sad because um I was looking so much, so forward to doing this season, and we're at the end of it now. Uh, I, mean, I know we've still got four seasons to go, and we love this show, but, um, I mean, I think kind of you said it best uh, on our last episode, this is sort of peak nip-tuck, and again, not to say that this gets, you know, terrible from this point on, but, uh, I mean, what, what an amazing season, just, just so, so much in this season to talk about, and just so good in general, and... Um, yeah, it's, it's, I kind of find it hard to believe that here we are uh, talking about uh, the end of the second season. Yeah, it's a funny one. And um, for me, I, I mean, I don't know where you want to start, but one of the things that I was really interested in and was thinking about today before we were recording is, um, you know, I think we talked this season up and, and said it was the best season. And it's quite interesting for me because when I look, look back at it, I think it's, in terms of it being... Um, I think it has the biggest, the highest moments, you know, totally. Like when you think of Nip Tuck, all the kind of big episodes or big moments kind of come from the season pretty much. But having said that, I think there is a little bit of fat that you could cut from the season. And in some ways, I actually think season one's better because it's quite tight. There's not a lot of wastage. Um, whereas I think, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of drift that kind of happens in the season, um, especially kind of in between the, you know, the Matt's father reveal and the Carver kind of showing up. I think there's a few episodes there where kind of, you know, there's nothing really developing there. So I think it's one of those ones where it's got the highest highs, but potentially not the trimmer. So it's just quite interesting going back and um, and thinking about what I, what I was envisaging before we kind of got into this. And um, it, yeah, totally, I, I'd, I'd stand by my comment that it's it's peak nip tuck, but it's uh, it's just made me kind of reevaluate a little bit too. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean, this season, of course, was what three more episodes compared to season one, um, and I guess kind of this is the most episodes in a season. Um, second most overall if you classify season five in two parts third most overall if you classify season five as one season which i'm going to be honest i do um so yeah it's it's kind of it's it's interesting really to look at it that way but i mean one thing that i will say that as much as i love this season and uh obviously you know as, as we get along with these recaps in the future to see how we rank these overall but um one thing that i definitely noted uh in sort of ranking down here when we get to these main plot lines 
Because I will say there were definitely a few, though, that I, I kind of... I don't say forgot about, but because I guess maybe we got so heavy on certain plot lines that you do kind of forget about little things that, uh, you know, that, that, that happened right at the beginning of the season. So... Um, I'd agree with you there that maybe there is a few that you could have condensed, and we definitely had at least two or three episodes here that maybe were filler episodes, and you could have like condensed them a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I, I probably would agree with with most of what you just said there. And I mean, interesting in terms of our ratings, of course, for this entire season. I mean, I was the first of us to bring a, a binet to the table for Nip Tuck, which is interesting considering how highly I'm talking about this season overall. And just looking at our overalls and the bites and the rentits, um, just quickly here, it looks like I think I've got one more. Actually, no, we'd be even on the bites because, of course, uh, my binet sort of um, brings that to the table. So I guess overall, you're actually more. Um, overall a higher rater given that i had a minute which took us down so um yeah some interesting points you make there nick good job you, you've been thinking a lot today it seems yeah i have these moments you know where i actually <laughs> just think about things uh, every now and then i uh, pop up with a good idea they do happen from time to time i bought 10 of these episodes by the way for those at home you uh bought actually no you bought nine um, but, of course, you detract a bit there for my opinion. Anyway, I'm not working at the law of averages there. Um, but obviously what we're doing these recaps, of course, is we really go over sort of main plot lines that we had this season, obviously touch on a few that may be concluded from the previous season that are setting us up for future seasons. Uh, we'll go over our thoughts on kind of the main characters, the supporting characters, and a few other little things on the way. One thing, though, that I feel that um, we didn't really do in the first recap episode, because I don't think there was a whole lot to go on that, but one thing that I think is important to mention in terms of um, just overall with this season with the success, uh, you know, things like awards and ratings and things like that, um, I will say that the finale of this season, we didn't touch on this last week when we talked about the finale, uh, it actually was, um, at the time, the highest rating single program in the history of the FX network. And uh, again, I, this, I'm not sure when this was last updated, so I don't please don't take this into 100% fact. But according to what I'm reading here, FX's top three highest rating episodes in the history of the network are all Nip Tuck episodes. It came initially with the uh, finale of this season, the premiere of season three, and then the finale of season three. So um, I just feel that we need to, on the grand scheme of things, this actually was a very highly rated season. And of course, also we should mention that in terms of awards, the big one, which we did talk a little bit about throughout this season, um, Nip Tuck obviously won Golden Globe for uh, Best TV Drama, which I do believe it won in 2005 from memory. 2004 was the season that, of course, it won it for, but 2005 was the year it was presented. And that, of course, was this season, season two. So, uh, I mean, that's just something we should note because obviously it would not go on to win any more major awards. But I just thought I would tie that in there in terms of the success of this season. Um, but, I mean, just really we should go over, I guess, the main plot lines. And kind of these are the ones I've gotten here. Uh, Nick, and feel free if I've forgotten any here to, to chime in, and obviously uh, if you feel I'm overselling some of these as actual major plot lines, um, and we'll just sort of discuss what ones we like the best and what ones we thought, I guess, didn't work the best. Um, well, obviously, I guess the, the main, main one really you would toss up between the reveal of Matt not being um, Sean's son and being Christian's son or the whole Ava storyline. Um I mean, what would you argue would be the biggest plotline of this season? I I would maybe just go, and you're probably going to think I'm being biased the way I say this, but I'll explain it. I would argue Ava, just because 
it was more spread out across the season, and obviously the majority of the finale was built around this. Whereas, yeah, the reveal of Matt being Christian's son and not Sean on the grand scheme of this show is arguably bigger. I feel once it kind of got to a point, it was sort of, I wouldn't say forgotten about, but it was kind of resolved in the middle part of this season. And I think even you brought that up, that at the halfway point of this season, it was sort of resolved. And I mean, yeah, obviously implications for these characters moving forward, that's probably a bigger implication, the, you know, uh, paternity of Matt. Uh, but also kind of as we raised with the whole Ava situation with Matt in general, that moving forward, Matt's never the same really since this Ava situation. So I would put that as an argument there. So my, my mine would be out of those two. I would say Ava and the whole Ava storyline was the main part of this season. Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to disagree, but um, it, it is quite an interesting point that you make there because um, I, I think um, one of the things about the whole Matt, you know, father storyline is that it's a huge build up, and if I, you know, I'm just looking at it at the moment, so it's kind of like episode eight, so kind of halfway through, you kind of get the big reveal, everybody knows at that point, and um, then you kind of get the whole the next episode is kind of Sean and Christian, um, you know, working through that, and then kind of eventually coming to coming to terms with that. And then it kind of goes away, and so like it's a massive storyline that builds up to this big kind of crescendo. But then the fallout is actually not that as big as you probably would have expected it to yeah, be. So it kind yeah. of, it kind of, you know, it's a real big build up. It happens, and then it's over. Um, so it, it's quite interesting. The, the problem for me about Ava is I think I think she's a really interesting kind of character, and you know she's a really good plot device throughout the whole season. But I think that whole, you know, they deliberately make that that storyline about her being transgender right at the end. They, they want it to be a massive surprise and. So it's hard to build that up over several episodes. It kind of has to be a one episode kind of hit. Um, and, and so, you know, I think that that's, it, it's kind of hard to make that a, a story, a, you know, a season long story. But I think the character overall throughout the whole season is definitely a real highlight of the show. I mean, um, yeah, she's obviously not a big part of the rest of the, the show. So this is kind of it really. And um, yeah, I mean, she adds so much to the second season that, you know, you, you've got to really enjoy that character, you know, and Famke Jansen, you know, acts it really well, you know, and she's obviously a, a pretty famous actress now. So, um, you know, she definitely stands out and, and is enjoyable to watch, that's for sure. I would also add just with that too, that if you were to kind of ask any Nip Tuck fan to go over each of the seasons and say, okay, season one, what do you refer to that as the main like that's the Escobar Galado season season two to me is the Ava season season three is the Carver season four is the sort of um the I can't remember her character's name Michelle sort of story arc and obviously you would argue sort of something that I can't really mention without spoiling it season five is the move to to Hollywood and kind of just a lot of based around what happens there obviously it's a two-parter and season six is kind of you know plastic surgery the the industry and how it's kind of changing and obviously a lot of that was revolved around like the um the economic downturn and kind of you know christian and sean i guess trying to stay relevant in their industry in a changing world so that's how i would summarize each season um four is very difficult there to summarize without spoiling a whole lot of stuff but um yeah i mean i i would argue that to me season two is more seen as the ava moore season rather than the oh who's the daddy of matt season if that makes sense yeah yeah that's right um so yeah and i mean i think we're probably selling a little bit short that um you know um even though it's not a major part it's obviously the big thing for the next season but i think 
you know, the, the carver stuff is really important in this because we get a lot of setup, and obviously it's your cliffhanger for this this season as well. Um, but the carver kind of just d- jumps in and out a little bit. It's a, it's a big part of the kind of the last two or three episodes. Um, but, you know, it's obviously something that it comes up again and again in earlier episodes as well. So I think there's definitely that's kind of like a third developing storyline. Yeah, well, that's that would be my next one. And it's kind of interesting, sort of the main ones here outside of that, which I was, yeah, good you brought up the carver because I kind of think that's introduced early on and sort of in a one-episode arc, then it kind of comes back and really kind of concludes. Obviously, like we went over in our finale, that it's, it's finale was kind of like a lot of stuff going on all over the place, but the way it concludes is really setting it up because obviously, you know, uh, again, spoiler alert, if you for some reason are listening to this episode, rather, I mean, we've already revealed Ava's a man, so I don't really need to give spoiler alert. Uh, Christian gets attacked at the end. <laughs> That's a cliffhanger moving into season three. Um, and I kind of think that obviously that ultimately is setting up where we're going to from here in an epic, um, you know, way to end the season. So yeah, the cover for sure. I mean, obviously cover is a much more talked about thing next season, but I mean, at this point, we've obviously seen the carver. We've seen that he's, uh, you know, against, um, both our main two. So, um, that's definitely another one here. And I've kind of just written sort of the other ones here, um, I mean, it was very, very brief at the beginning, but I still think it warrants a little bit of a mention. Um, is Sean and Christian both turning 40 and just how they both reacted to that? I know that was kind of all capped off in one episode, the premiere, uh, but I still kind of think that that's important to note their ages and kind of just reflecting back and moving forward. Um, and then also related to Matt you know obviously not being sean's son is the breakup the first breakup of uh, sean and julia and kind of them dealing with uh separate lives after this and kind of the will they won't they aspect and the one here that i actually had to note down um briefly because it's kind of interesting how this to me is something that i almost forgot happened this season given that a i'm an advocate of this season and b this was kind of the cliffhanger of season one was the whole Christian, Wilbur, Gina, James storyline, um, which to me, similar to, I guess, the Matt not being Sean something, was sort of resolved fairly early on, and it was only kind of brought back again, sort of, what, the penultimate episode with Gina having HIV. So that was kind of one that I had to quickly note back in and put it in there. So I, I don't know if I've missed any other major ones there that you think we should sort of include in that list. Um, I mean, probably the only other one that I'm thinking of, and I'm, I, I don't even know that's really a storyline, is the, the whole Natasha thing, um, just because I think it's a side of Christian that we don't see anywhere else. So, you know, I quite enjoyed seeing that, um, but it, I don't know that it's strong enough that you'd really consider it a storyline as such. Yeah, I look, I was thinking that, but I kind of liken that to then, would you include, include Sean and Kimber? But then I guess kind of that sort of relates into the Sean and Julia being separated angle, I guess. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. And, like, I would I would loosely put it in there because I think kind of you, you sold it there a bit to me by saying it as Christian's character. Uh, and, you know, I, I just kind of think, though, in the grand scheme of things that she didn't, I mean, bring a whole lot in terms of overall. I mean, she was, what, in it for basically two episodes. Um, so yeah, I could I could see arguments for it though. I, I think you've got a bit of a point there. Yeah, I think that's probably the main ones. Um, yeah, I mean, because there's a whole thing with kind of you know the the kind of Gina stuff as oh sorry not the Gina the um the Kimber stuff as well. But I'm not sure that there's enough there. I, I guess probably the other one as well is that while we're talking about um um Ava, is that we probably should talk a little bit about about Adrian because obviously he's quite a big part of that story. So, you know, I, I wouldn't want to just kind of gloss it all over as being Ava stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you're you're right. I mean, it's kind of what I think they do well with the whole Ava storyline is obviously it kind of the way it kind of develops is that obviously we meet Ava because she's there, what is a life coach to a patient who then basically becomes Julia's um, uh, life coach because she's obviously freaking out about the whole Matt situation and keeping that secret. And then obviously that connects her to Matt. And then between Matt and her, we discover she's got a son. And then through sort of her having this crazy son who's kind of you know a bit psycho and controlling possessive over his uh, his mother who they have sex and then we find out that he's adopted I mean seriously by speaking all this out loud it does sound like a soap opera but um, it's uh, yeah it's I, I would agree with that for sure I think like, he's intertwined with the Ava storyline and I mean like realistically if you kind of look kind of going back to my point how I would argue this Ava is the main point like Ava's sort of intertwined with this story because I mean Ava's kind of the one who drops the bombshell first, isn't she? That Matt isn't um, Sean's son. Like she, he reveals it. She reveals it. Does she not to uh, to Matt? So it's kind of yeah. It's sort of she's still connected even in with that storyline. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I think that you know you make a really good point that she's kind of like a through line through the whole season, you know, she's kind of an important part of all the storylines, really, that are happening, except maybe the Carver one. Um, you know, like everything else, she's kind of quite central to it in a way. Maybe she's not front and centre all the time, but she's definitely part of it. I think also maybe the other one here, kind of if we can sort of lump in Natasha's storyline, I think maybe that we can loosely uh, maybe tie in the Matt and Henry situation that obviously came in the first season. Um, so kind of it's it's sort of it's resolved the whole hit and run incident um yeah. so i mean that kind of again it's i think it's similar to what you say with natasha though like is it big enough to kind of lump in the main storylines i mean kind of as a development of matt you know really one of these last moments of the hashtag poor matt but sort of matt's fault if you know what i mean whereas obviously as we've kind of gone through with this we're saying really the majority of poor matt from this point on is not his fault so um yeah i think kind of that can be sort of put in the maybe basket with Natasha, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think kind of they're the main ones there. Um, and kind of before we sort of get into a little bit more on the cast here, one thing actually that I, I find, it wasn't initially on our uh, recap list of what things we'll talk about in these episodes, but I think this is a good one. You brought this up uh, in our first episode, our first recap episode. And it's the, are you a Christian man or a Sean man? And it's kind of like, we, we revisit this every single recap because I think we kind of, our, our views always skew a little bit in terms of uh, which way we sway a little bit more in terms of our overall likeness of this, uh, you know, as you obviously famously said, this heterosexual love story. Yeah, I mean, it's a hard one for me again. I think probably... Um, I mean, I'm just kind of electrified every time I see Christian. I think just, I love that character, but he is an asshole. And I mean, um, and, and I mean, that's the great thing about Sean is that you do really you connect with him and you relate to him. I think most of us probably relate more to Sean, really. Yeah. Um, uh, it's so hard. I mean, I'm I'm definitely in in the Christian camp, but it's it's kind of like 51% Christian, 49% Sean. Really, it is it is it's so close, and um, they both give different stuff to you, but it, it, both of it's really cool. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, I've always kind of said, like, you know, I'm Team Christian, but, you know, again, you can't not be Team Sean as well. And I think kind of in terms of what you're saying about Christian's an asshole, we definitely get, a, you know, as always, moments with him where he shows it, particularly, obviously, the, the way he dumps Natasha is obviously we went over. Um, but, like, it's... 
it's just interesting, kind of the the elements I get. I, I will I will say, Sean, I think Dylan Walsh had a lot more a lot more to work with this season in terms of the emotional side of things. I mean, not to discount from Christian, obviously, with the whole Wilbur storyline and the potentially having HIV storyline. And I'm not saying that Christian had nothing to work with, but I, I feel the real heavy, heavy stuff this season was Sean's stuff. And I guess you could argue that's probably a main thing anyway of Nip Tuck. But, um, you know, I think there's some, like, come season three with Christian, there's this period of season three where he turns into this, like, real darkened prick. And I think he's got very valid reasons why he does, um, which I think that's some of the strongest Julian McMahon stuff we get. Um, so I'm really looking forward to kind of when we get to that element of it. And he's got some great, not just that storyline I'm thinking of, there's some even more brutal stuff. Like, it's a rough ride for Christian come season three. Um, so, and I kind of think, do we sort of loosely spoil that based by basically implying that he obviously uh, is in season three after we just saw the cliffhanger? I mean, legitimately, <laughs> people, if you don't think he's in the remainder of the season, I mean, for God's sake, we've talked about him in future seasons. So just think about that. Um, <laughs> but... Anyway, uh, I mean, this is kind of obviously tying us in really here to just sort of talking about the main cast. And obviously we're talking here about, you know, Christian and Sean. So, I mean, if you've got anything more to add on them, I guess by all means do it. But our, our main build cast this season, of course, outside our Fab Four of uh, Dylan Walsh, Julie McMahon, John Hensley, and of course, Jolly Richardson. Uh, we lost one of our main cast members this season. I don't remember who. Do you remember a season one cast member that was in this? It's no longer in it, Nick. I don't remember. Mm, vaguely. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's important, though, is it? No, not at all. I mean, she was replaced by someone a lot better who stays in the main cast for the remainder of the season, of course. Talk about Liz, uh, Roma Mafia. She was not billed as main cast in season one. She was only recurring, but she's officially part of the main cast from season two onwards, and she does not lose that spot. Uh, so Liz, I guess, kind of is the addition there to talk about in this, these main five. Sadly, Annie's not in that main five, but we'll get to her. Um... And, I mean, look, we've obviously touched a little bit there on Christian and Sean. Matt, uh, look, you know, he Matt was kind of interesting that he had a lot of stuff at the the beginning, kind of went away for a bit, a lot of stuff in the middle, kind of went away for a bit, then came back with obviously some heavy-handed stuff at the end. And as we were sort of saying with the hashtag poor Matt setting his character up for the for the future, Julie was kind of the same. Like, Julie had a lot of heavy stuff in the, the beginning of this season and then particularly in the middle section where she had her entire episode devoted to herself and, I, of course, obviously was a big advocate for that episode. But then kind of by the end, she kind of just really reverted to a, a supporting character, you know, with uh, Brian Heineck on the side and kind of the will they, won't they? And, um, I don't know, Julie is an interesting one this season. Obviously, her mother kind of played a part early on as well, so we kind of see this uh, element to her character and sort of see, obviously, how she's, you know, had to put up with her mother. And I guess kind of just touching on Liz, like, I'm glad that Liz um, became a little bit more prominent this season. Um... Obviously, we had, uh, what, Random Liz is Pregnant, which I completely forgot, which I sort of loosely put on my list thinking, like, is that a thing that we should talk about? But, I mean, I guess it was kind of blink and you miss it. Um, and, again, Liz kind of similar. All three of these are very similar. They kind of had their episodes where they were there, but they were the disposable ones. And I guess it's kind of a, a trope that we'll have in Nip Tuck, that they're sort of like, you know, better Annie in the fact that they're used more than Annie, but also, I'm not saying convenient to the plot, because that's a bit of a hard sell on them. But I, I think they're kind of disposable in the fact that we can go an episode or two without necessarily seeing them at all in an episode, mainly Matt and Liz. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I've covered my points. I don't know kind of your points on the on the Fab Four plus new uh, main cast member in Liz. 
Yeah, I mean, I th- I think I got just enough from all of them, you know, to kind of satisfy me, really. I mean, they're, they're good to have there, but they should always be supporting Sean and Christian, really. So um, I think the episodes where it kind of goes away from either Sean or Christian are the ones I don't like. For example, the whole dream sequence with Julia, you know, I'd, that wasn't a favourite for me, and that's because I don't really have a lot of love for the Julia character. Um, I think that kind of changes, you know, as the, as the show goes on. But, you know, right now where we're at, I'm, I'm not that interested in seeing her. So, you know, I think it's good when she's there as a kind of supporting character for the other two guys. Well, one thing I'll say with her is that season three as well, she has a bit more of a side story that's kind of her, similar to kind of, I guess, what we were getting a little bit with her going to medical school and your beloved Jude. Um, but, like, she has more of a side sort of independent Julia, which uh, it's a fun storyline, what happens in season three with her, Gina, and Liz, um, which I enjoy it, but I will also have a lot of criticisms with it, how it's kind of quickly brushed aside. Um, so yeah, I, I think kind of, I look forward to seeing that from her side of things. Uh, I mean, do you have anything to add on, on Matt or Liz extra to what you just said or not really? Yeah, I think it's probably the same there. I think you don't want too much of Liz. I, you know, I think she's a great foil for, especially for Christian. Um, so, you know, she, she is a lot of fun to watch, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's not something that, um, I want to see too much of. Um, and remember that comment later as we get later into the seasons, I guess. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, I'm with you there. Uh, now the main recurring cast, which is kind of listed here, these are the ones that they're sort of classifying as, you know, your, your main ones who are there for at least a couple of episodes although one of these people on this list is literally only in it for one episode so i don't know why there are i mean i should backtrack i think they're listed as recurring cast because they're about to join the main cast uh that person i'm talking about is is quinton bruno campos we see him what literally is at the last episode the second last episode um and i mean he becomes a main build cast next season so i guess that's kind of why he's listed as recurring even though he's in it for one episode uh, i'm just going to kind of try and maybe go through these from lowest to top in terms of this and by all means uh, don't necessarily have to talk about them all individually i guess maybe here we can just talk about our standouts here and who are our lesser likes really that we shouldn't even lump in this category for some reason they've listed here kevin uh brian heideck as a recurring cast i mean he was in it for like 1.1 of an episode um dw moffat apparently is his name we didn't really talk too much about him as an actor but hey it's brian hardick um i mean other side ones here that are kind of classified obviously you mentioned natasha um bobby broderick of course is in a couple of episodes the esteemed jill clayberg of course we've already gone over her uh, of course uh miss grubman was in it for a bit just a very little bit enough for mrs grubman of course we had one episode with our beloved meryl they're all beloved apparently um joey slotnik a good friend of the show here um Henry, of course, uh, is listed here as a current cast. I guess he was in it technically for, what, one, two episodes. Uh, of course, uh, Erica, the beloved Vanessa Redgrave, uh, Jolly Richardson's real-life mother, and obviously she becomes a bit more of a recurring uh, cast member along the way. We had James, of course, uh, Wilbur's dad, um, who was in it for a few episodes, and if I'm not mistaken, we don't see him again in the future. He's mentioned off-screen, though, but I uh, don't really want to go in that to spoiling it too much. Uh, of course, Gina and Kimber make their appearances this season as sort of recurring and they both become billed as main cast members from next season um so yeah so gina and and kimber join the main cast listing as of season three um and i i guess kind of we had some interesting ones there particularly mainly i guess with 
with Kimber in terms of her, you know, working her way through the uh, McNamara Troy family and sleeping with them. So uh, she's already ticked two off the list, <laughs> one to go. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't quite get to Julia, spoiler alert. That's a sad thing that didn't happen. Um, but we also, obviously, Gina, I guess, kind of, Early on, we get a whole lot around the uh, the custody battle with uh, with Wilbur, and then obviously we get a little bit that more in the middle, and kind of Jimmy gets ripped quite heavy handed in this episode in this season. Before obviously we get the big reveal right at the end that she sadly got HIV, and we get that very sweet scene with them sort of at the end. So Gina kind of interesting up and down there really with her, uh, and then obviously outside of that, the main main ones that I guess you would say obviously we've already talked about Adrian, Seth Gable, of course, uh, big character this season. Obviously, his mother, Ava, from K. Jansen, big character this season. And, of course, you know who I'm saving for last here, Nicholas, and that, of course, is the one, the only Kelsey battle owners, Annie McNamara, the absolute utmost star in the recurring cast, and she'll always be number one on this list no matter whenever we bring it up. So, uh, <laughs> completely underutilised. We at least got to learn out that she's uh, had a first period and she learned about Princess Menzies, so that was nice. Um, but... <laughs> And also the starring episode where she had lice. And, Mom! Mom! Um, but, yeah, uh, I kind of went through them. You know I'm going to love Ava. I've loved on her enough, I feel, this season without me having to gush on her a little bit more. Um, I definitely think that Gina and uh, Kimber has always had their moments. Adrian was a real standout. Uh, Natasha, I didn't mind her when she was in it. Mrs. Grubman's always great. James is good for the limited screen time he gets. Um, I mean... Kevin and Henry are barely there, so we've got nothing really to say on them. Quinton, well, we're going to see a lot more of him coming up soon. Um, and, yeah, you know, I don't like Erica. So that's kind of my viewpoint quickly on this fairly uh, thick list of recurring cast members for season two. Yeah, I mean, and, and um, I'm, I'm repeating myself a little bit, but I really enjoyed the the um, Natasha character. I thought that was a really good one. Um, and the Bobby Broderick, I thought, was quite an interesting little story arc there. So I, I did really enjoy that too. Um, yeah, so I think those are probably two of the kind of standouts that I really enjoy. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's any others that kind of jumped out at me. But uh, those, are, those are probably the main ones, really. Um, I, I think probably we we undersell James a little bit too. I think he's yeah. he comes in and, he, and he's quite an interesting character when he's there. Um, yeah, and I, I really like his kind of, you know, he's always quite solemn, you know, which is, you know, it, it's good for the show sometimes. You need that kind of real serious character. For sure. And we should also just a side little note here because it's interesting. I mean, he's a baby. Uh, Wilbur, uh, <laughs> Josiah Henry, I mean, as I think we've touched on a little bit though with uh, Wilbur, is that they actually do keep the same actor throughout the entire series run. So uh, you don't lose the the look of Wilbur across there. And I mean, for a little baby, he's a good actor. So, I mean, you don't get a baby anymore. <laughs> but yeah. Just a little side note there. Um... So, yeah, I really guess kind of what we also talk about here is obviously Nip Tuck is uh, the episodes are named after the uh, sort of the surgery, um, the main surgery of the episode. So, obviously, um, we kind of like to point out who we think the main sort of... And these are one-time surgery people. These aren't necessarily any of our main characters or things like that. These are the surgery um, stars that we feel were the best and the worst. So, kind of just going through these quickly, obviously, Erica Norton, well, Vanessa Redgrave, uh, I mean, kind of, I guess, don't really count her much because she becomes a bit of a rookie. She was on the recurring list we just went through there. Uh, obviously, Christian Troy, one of our main characters. So we had Manuel Mabika, 
uh, of course, played by Aisha Tyler. Of course, we're going to have a lot of one-time big stars on this list, so uh, bear with me here. Obviously, Mrs. Grubman, we've already talked about her. Joel Gideon, of course, was played by Desperate Housewives, Doug Savant. Um, and, uh, of course, he was the one who uh, had the, the frost burn on his face uh, and basically had that whole episode around uh, Sean being a bit of a daredevil. And just to backtrack with Manion and Mabika, if you don't remember, she, of course, was the, uh, the genital mutilation uh, victim who basically uh, couldn't come. So um, it was kind of around rebuilding her clitoris. She wanted an orgasm. Uh, then we obviously had Bobby Broderick, who we kind of loosely touched on there. She obviously became a bit of an um, antagonist there to uh, Sean uh, after she blamed for the uh, botched surgery, played by Steve Jewel Clayberg. Uh, Naomi Gaines, of course, was the first victim of the Carver. Uh, Leslie Bibb, as I obviously pointed out, a star of Popular. Uh, one of our most talked about episodes, of course, Agatha Ripp. That was an I binned episode. Uh, played by the highly esteemed Sarah Paulson. Uh, we had Rose and Raven Raisin, Rose and Raven Rosenberg. That's a tongue twister. Uh, of course, the uh, conjoined twins. Uh, and obviously, with Agatha Rip, she was the one who claimed stigmata. Uh, we obviously had uh, Kimber Henry was a point of an episode there. Natasha, we've already gone over. Julia, obviously, we don't need to go over there. Uh, we had Una Wentworth, um, played by Brooks Army. Uh, and she, was that the domestic vi- No, that was the, t- the principal. Never mind, never mind. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, who obviously had the face surgery. Trudy Nye is the uh, abused housewife there that I'm thinking of there, played by Lisa waltz and obviously our last two sean we don't need to talk about him and joan rivers obviously the last one there that we talked about um i completely forgot that um jk simmons wasn't billed as the main sort of uh, surgery star of his episode so uh sadly we can't lump him in this category because uh, we're only going with the main ones here i'm gonna say i mean i've got to have a bit of a soft spot for joan rivers <laughs> just because it's joan rivers but taking her out of the equation i mean you would argue Bobby, but again, she was in the recurring cast, so you can't really kind of lump her in that category. We have to go to the one-timers, which then makes it a little bit difficult. I didn't like the episode uh, in terms of I binned it, but you might argue that Agatha Rip, Sarah Paulson, might be the star out of all those ones. I mean, you might argue Naomi Gaines in terms of the fact that she's also the first victim of the Carver, but kind of outside of those ones, I mean... I don't know. Do you have any arguments for any of the other ones that we've kind of gone through? Because, I mean, at least a couple of these, we're kind of blinking you miss them. Well, I really like the kind of Rose and Raven Rosenberg one. And I know it was a bit on the nose in terms of it was, you know, two people separating and, you know, and that whole thing with it being, you know, just after Sean and Christian, have, you know, kind of had their big fight. So I know that the kind of the symbolism is really, really obvious and out there. And so mm. um, you might not enjoy it, but I think it was, I think that was well played. It was quite cool seeing these guys in a bit of a, you know, an out of the office type of thing. And, um, you know, kind of real world implications, but it's not just a boob job or whatever, but it's actually, you know, lives on the line. So I really enjoyed that. And um, it kind of, the ones I like are the ones that tie into the stories. Like, I don't like the ones like, for example, and I think this is probably where I would probably ding season two a little bit, because I think there's quite a few examples where the the patient story doesn't tie in with what's happening with the characters at all. And I think that season one didn't do that. You know, all the all the um, the patients basically had a tie to what was happening with the main storyline. It was, you know, um, a real mark of the show. And that wasn't always the case here. Um, and you think, like, they might not be a title patient, but you think, like, Pussy Lips, you know, that was just like a, <laughs> basically just like a funny joke that they wanted to get out there. And it really it didn't tie. It becomes recurring. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it just didn't really tie to the episode at all. So I think probably for that reason, I really enjoy the the kind of um, the Rosenberg twins. I think that one's really good. Um, but I also did actually really like um, right towards the end there, um, the Trudy Nye. I thought that was really interesting, you know, where she was, um, you know, fixing her nose and her husband was coming out of prison. You know, like I thought that was really interesting as well. Um, so those are probably two that I, I really enjoyed that kind of the story that was that was being added there. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Uh, I would say maybe the most wasted one, really, in terms of... I mean, I, I like... I mean, I guess kind of it went through the motions in terms of uh, Sean becoming a bit of a rebellious. But, I mean, you know, Joel Gideon kind of was just a blink and you miss it. And I mean, I like Duck Savant. It's nothing against him. But I guess really the, the most forgettable one in terms of it was Una Wentworth. I mean, again, I just completely forgot that was a principal because she's definitely blinking you miss it. So, um, but, yeah, I kind of like what you say there about tying into the storyline a bit there so um it's it's interesting out of the 16 episodes this season that really there's only what did we go through about six seven there that were kind of the standalones because everyone else was either a main cast member or a uh, sort of a recurring one that we've already touched on so um interesting interesting looking at that uh so i mean kind of moving forward here before we kind of get through into our rankings and our top five just a few other things here we kind of um talk about and we kind of loosely did touch on this i feel in the beginning we just sort of go over the parts we think worked this season and what didn't work i mean i think we've kind of covered a lot of this you obviously went over a few bits there i mean is there anything else really here that you feel that you want to add of overall this season what worked and what didn't work as a, as a season as a whole um i mean i think lots of it did work really well i think probably you know like i think the main the first half storyline of the, you know the whole map parentage thing i think that works really well um i think the kind of the, the build into the carver and and you know like leading that off as a bit of a cliffhanger it works well i think the ava story works well um i think probably um you know some of the the filler episodes don't work as well for me and so i've already kind of talked about that the julia dream sequence one that i that for me that doesn't really work um you know i think the ones kind of in between you know, kind of after the Rose and, and Raven you know, episode through to about, you know, basically when the Carver shows up, I think it's all fun enough, but it's not particularly, it doesn't move things along, you know, like you could cut all those out and you probably haven't missed a whole lot. So I think, yeah, for me, it probably just feels a little bit fat, um, but it, it's a it's a real minor complaint on what's an amazing season. So, you know, certainly don't get me wrong when I'm talking about what I think doesn't work because for the most part, I think it all works really well. One thing I think I'll add in terms of what worked is the um, the twist element in terms of big reveals. I think kind of this season definitely brought a bunch of them to the table um, and kind of those real shocking water cooler moments the next morning. And again, you know, we've gone over them a lot through this season, but, you know, you think about things like Ava having sex with Adrian and then, you know, Ava's a man else in Evolve and Ava. You know, obviously the, uh, the big um, cliffhanger at the end even just kind of, and I know we're going to talk more about this when we come to our moments, but just kind of like, um, you know, the reveals to each of the characters, of course, of Matt's uh, paternity that we obviously went through this season about how, you know, Matt finds out, Sean finds out, Christian finds out, you know, they've all got different ways of reacting. And, um, you know, one thing I think that definitely worked is the acting this season as well. Like we kind of went over in terms of how none of these uh, people ever won sort of uh, main acting awards. And uh, obviously we should mention that on top of the Golden Globe win that, uh, you know, Julian McMahon and Jolly Rich Richardson were both nominated for Golden Globes, and I think that's very thoroughly deserved. And Sean Christian, uh, Dylan Walsh was uh, robbed of not getting nominated as well. So uh, the acting to me was a big standout this season. Um, 
And, I mean, look, we, we go over things like music. We don't really talk about that each season because always that's going to be uh, a high-octane, uh, high-octane, high-volume part of it. Uh, one thing that I think didn't work, and this is kind of an interesting one that I don't know if we've really touched on a lot since we kind of brought up that we'd take a note of it. This is, to me, a season where really it started to fade out that we're actually in Florida. I don't know if you pay much attention to that. I think season one we got a lot more of a vibe where they were, and I definitely feel that there's large portions of this which, if you just kind of look over this season, again, you as I sort of... I think when I first brought this up and we kind of said we'll keep an eye on this is that you really don't get a the, the Florida vibe of this show has kind of gone away without a few mentions every now and then so that's just a little a thing that I guess it's weird to say it doesn't work the setting because again I'm always a, an advocate for a, a show or a movie kind of using the location as a, as a part of the of what they're doing and it depends obviously on the show or the movie but I think Nip Tuck is definitely a show that would use that to its advantage in season one the, the Miami the Florida setting and it really kind of faded out this season around yeah I think so you know and I think in the I remember watching the kind of making of for the first season and they talked a lot about, you know, when they were designing the show, they were talking about if they would go to Florida or, or LA because, you know, in terms of plastic surgeons, it kind of had to be one or the other really. And they went with Florida because, you know, LA was kind of cliche and la, 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 la. And um, yeah, you're right. It kind of completely drops out in this season and it doesn't become a big feature of it. Um, I mean, what's your memory going forward? Is this just a kind of once-off or...? Uh, no, I think it kind of is pretty standard from here moving forward, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, obviously, spoiler alert, whatever you want to say, I mean, obviously, this, the entire show moves to LA in Season 5, and... I know a lot of people think that was the death of the show, and I completely disagree. I think the death of the show came about halfway through that season. Um, but I think kind of they use that to their advantage, and it gave them a whole new set of things that they could do with this show. Uh, I just kind of think it's it's not necessarily a thing that I feel they do deliberately. I think it's just it's just one of these things that kind of gets forgotten about. It's the certain character from season one who just disappears from the cast element. You know what I mean? It's like it's just it's brought up when it needs to be. It's almost like Annie. Like it's kind of it's brought up when it needs to be. And there's definitely episodes moving forward where. Miami and Florida are there and you can tell that this is where it's set I mean the last episode alone we just had the reference obviously with Joan Rivers when she said well I couldn't go to New York or LA or you know because I had to come here because no one really knows about it being here so um, I, I kind of think it's still used but yeah there's it's it's just not as used as much and come season 5 when we go to LA um, I mean that just almost becomes a star of season 5 itself for obvious reasons mm, yeah yeah totally yeah so, yeah, I mean, again, correct me if I'm wrong when we get to certain episodes uh, about that. Um, and speaking of episodes, again, kind of loosely went over a few here, uh, but best and worst episodes of the season. Well, I'm straight away going to say, you know, my worst episode of the season uh, clearly is going to be Agatha Rip because I binned it. Um, and again, kind of that was a conflicting one to bin it because, again, it's not completely, completely terrible and there's definitely elements to it that you need in it because I, I probably might argue that maybe our number one moment of the season might actually come from that episode um, but at least be in the top five. Um, but, you know, I, I obviously went over a lot of my criticisms of that episode uh, when we did that recap of it um, and it's other sort of lesser ones obviously just, you know, going really on our ratings here as I was saying, sort of our rentits and our binnets. Uh, I mean, look, the Kimber episode was fun with the whole sex doll and all that sort of stuff but, I mean, if you compare it to some of the other episodes that and the one that followed it, Natasha Charles, obviously, you know, have their moments but not, you know, 
real standouts, I think, for the whole season. And obviously, I added into that one too um, the Joel Gideon episode with you know Sean the Rebel episode, which again, I'm not saying they're bad episodes, but I just think they're the, le- the lesser of this season. And to me, the best episode of this season, uh, clearly the finale. I think it's just one of the best episodes of TV of all time. Uh, and also, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Julia McNamara episode. Um, I absolutely love that episode. And also, uh, you obviously went over it a little bit before, but the Rose and Raven Raisin- Rosenberg episode too, kind of as you were saying, takes them out of the office, uh, sees them a little bit outside of, uh, you know, their, their initial setting and kind of obviously having to solve their uh, issues. I think that was a, a standout episode too. Yeah, so I think for me, um, my my least favourite episode, I'm not going to say worst because I don't think there is any bad episodes in the season. I think just some of them are, are less interesting than others. And I mean, I just couldn't vibe with the, the whole Julia McNamara episode. It just wasn't for me. Um, you know, I can see the fun in it, but it, it just, it, yeah, there were just a lot of things about it that just annoyed me. So for me, it's kind of, that's quite an easy one to go to as my, my least enjoyable one. Um, and yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you that I think the finale is the best episode um but i would give a real strong shout out to the episode before that because i think that's a really strong episode as well it's it's a little bit underrated um you know i think that you know it's when the it really is the big kind of return of the carver and it kind of just kicks everything off that happens in season three so i think it's a really important bridge into you know the next episode um so that's one of my favorites um i you know i think it's important that we kind of go back and look at some of the earlier ones as well because it's easy to kind of when we wrap it up is kind of forget what happened in those early season uh, those early episodes um but yeah i mean i, I quite like that you know the, the early on ones where you know where christian breaks his nose and, and stuff yeah. like that i think you know i think there's some fun stuff kind of happening um in some of those early ones and you know i think the stuff with mrs grubman you know when she kind of has the stroke and, and things like that i think that's that's really interesting stuff as well. So there's lots of really good stuff to have there. But yeah, I think those kind of those last couple of episodes are, are really, are really good ones. It's very, very hard to fault anything in them, really. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I absolutely agree with everything that you said there, except for the fact that you didn't like the Julian McNamara one because you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> now, before we, the, the the one that we'll close this out with is obviously our five moments, which is going to be very difficult for this season. But I just quickly, uh, we can actually kind of have a bit of a discussion point over this one. We obviously joked about this one in our first recap when it comes to rating the seasons, because obviously season one we only had one season to rate. So what we're going to do at the end of every season in our recap is we will go over our overall ratings of the season and put them in order. So come season six we are going to have a finalised ranking of what seasons we personally have uh, in order in terms of how we think they should work. So obviously, coming into this, we both had season one at number one and none else because we'd only had one season. But uh, after two seasons, Nick, what would your order be in terms of these seasons from uh, best to worst? Even though we've only got two. Oh, yeah, and I kind of I kind of kicked off our discussion here talking about that, and I think it's really, really hard Um um, because I think I think they're just they're, they're so different, you know. Like I think that season one is really tight. Um, there's some really cool stuff going on there, but it never gets to the kind of dramatic heights. I don't think this one does. Um, and but this one has some filler, and so it's really really hard for me. I mean, coming in, you know, at the start of the season, I would have said that season two was the best, and it was not close. And that's not true. I think that they're actually really really close. They're two really good seasons. Um, and you know, I kind of just think if I was to kind of sit down and be like, I'm just going to you know binge watch any a season of Nip Tuck, which one am I going to pick off the shelf? Um, I'd probably pick this one up, and so I think I probably have to put number two as the best season. But it's really close, um, and 
you know, I, I almost feel like I'm I'm kind of cheating season one by putting it second because it is so good. But I think this is the one you kind of want to watch, really. Well, um, I always have the same order. Um, I think, I mean, I agree with most of what you say. I would argue there's a little bit of a gap between season two and season one. I mean, I think kind of like the only thing, yeah, definitely season one's a lot tighter in sort of how it is, but I feel I had a, I've got more episodes than this one that I think if you were to rate the episodes would be in my higher point of the list over season one. Again, I'm not taking over season one because again, it's brilliant and season one will still end up very high on this overall list, but uh, if I had to choose the order right now, I'd have got it at season two is number one and season one is number two, so... Yeah, there we go. All right, so this is the most difficult part of the episode for us because uh, what we do at the end of every season is we come together and we get the five best moments of the season, sort of the Hall of Fame scenes. These are scenes. And then essentially put them in order. And what this is going to lead to is at the end of season six, we're going to try and come up with five moments from all six seasons that are the best five scenes in the history of Nip Tuck. Now, what we did with... Um, Episode one with recap number one for season one is we actually did make a little video for this of the five moments and we did put it up online but promptly taken down for copyright reasons. So sadly, we're not going to be able to put this up as a video as we promised each season because clearly around copyright grounds. We do put the list on our website uh, at theoznetwork.net and I still do make a little fan video, I guess, for my purposes and I obviously send it to Nick. So uh, I don't want to say contact us, we'll send it to you because that also is uh, illegal. But um, just... Yeah, uh, sadly we can't share this with you at the same time. But we found on season one, Nick, that you and I, I think, both guaranteed ourselves two scenes that we both agreed on, then we both kind of threw out another two, and then we kind of had to debate to get that fifth one. I have written down here uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight scenes that I think could fight for this five, but I think you've written even more, have you not? Yeah, I've got 16 as my starting point. Um, and I think there's there's quite a few that I can easily cut. Like I'm, the thing that's really interesting about this one is that in season one, I think there were there were two that I was really like, you know, we have to have these on a top five list. Um, whereas this time around, there's actually it's really hard because there isn't any where I feel like I absolutely have to, you know, we have to have them. Um, so yeah, it'll be really interesting. All right, well, I'll just quickly go through mine here then, and we, we'll see what double lots we've got, and I think that kind of can lead us off there. So, okay, my eight, which I think this one here, maybe you and I most, by, most might agree on the most. Uh be interesting. Uh, obviously, the scene where Sean tells Christian, I loved you the most uh, in Agatha Rip. Now, I think kind of we might be able to connect that in with Sean finding out about it because that can kind of ties in this sort of back-to-back scenes from memory so i guess if you lump that all in together but i de- i think the standout moment there because i think you and i both agreed when we talked about that scene is just out of all this reveal out of this whole story and that is just like wow so yeah i've got sean tells christian i loved you the most from agatha but i don't know if that was on your list yeah so that was that was that, okay. That's one that we agree on. I'm just going to highlight this here to make sure. Um, I've actually written here, which is a bit bit of an interesting one, and I'm not doing this for reasons that you might think I'm doing it for. Um, the threesome that they have with the uh, Julia lookalike in Rose and Roven Rose and that episode that I'm going to just get a tongue twister. And I think kind of that tied in well because like not just because of this weird threesome scene, but I just kind of the way they kind of tie that in with like flashes to Julia. And, you know, just the way they kind of do it and then just the way they do it at the end. It's kind of, it is this fight at this point over these two both being in love with the same woman. So I don't know if you had that on your list. I did have it on my list. And probably I think maybe a cleaner way of actually starting this is I think we can all, well, we all, both of us, um, can agree that, um, you know, the the whole reveal of Matt's father, we kind of have to deal with that. Because for me, I've got, I've actually got 
four scenes that talk to that plus the one you've just talked about. And I think they're almost all a big package deal and it's not one scene. So I think we kind of have to decide which which of those we want to kind of have on this list. So I've got, you know, Julia tells Sean, obviously, and that's a really big, powerful moment. Um, you know, Sean confronts Christian, which is a powerful moment. But I actually think that Julia, Julia tells Matt and Julia tells Christian, I think, are really, really cool episode uh, cool scenes as well and if i was actually going to advocate for any of them it would actually be when julia tells christian because i think it's this kind of really sweet moment where he's just lost wilbur um so which is actually on my list as well you know the whole scene where he loses wilbur um and then she comes over um tells him about that and it's this really kind of emotional moment um and i think it's really really well acted um and and yeah so uh, for me that one actually kind of stood out as being a really kind of amazing scene i don't know what you thought about that one um because i definitely have the threesome on there as well because i think that's the threesome's actually kind of like it's a real ice breaking moment too because i think it's you know it's a really kind of impactful scene but it's also kind of played up as a bit of a joke um and you know the whole thing of you know tonight you're julia you know and i think that's done really well so like i'm actually i'm happy to have both of them on that list yeah, but I do like the whole Christian. Like, it's so hard. There are so many of them. I don't even really know which one you have to cut. I, basically, all the ones that you just said that I had to, I did not have her reveal it to Matt. I think out of all the reveals, that was the weakest. And I was saying it wasn't good. Um, and I also didn't have the her lose, him losing Wilbur. I did have, yeah, Christian being told by Julia. Um, so I had that, and obviously the threesome. I think that, depending on how we go with the other ones, I, I mean, I would feel out of those. I think that... Sean finding out and then confronting Christian. I think that's all connected. I think we can connect that as one. I feel the threesome is important for just so many reasons. Because it kind of, like as you were saying, it plays up as a bit of a joke, but then it just kind of, the way these characters are all intertwined and it's kind of, no pun intended. Uh, I think that's, um, I think that's just important for the overall arc of these characters. And it's a weird thing to say, because I think I said in that episode, I used to hate the threesome scene. But I just kind of feel that, like, you can have them both as separate points. I would argue more for Sean uh, finding out and confronting Christian than Christian finding out. But, look, we might be able to revisit Christian uh, finding out if some, none of these other ones we can kind of agree on. But uh, I, I would, I would, just my point of view from that point, I would say the two that we would definitely need to include is Sean confronting Christian and tied in with him finding out about Matt and also the threesome. That would be my advocate for those two. Okay, well, I'm quite happy to lock in both those two, but be, I'd, as we start to kind of bounce the other ones off, I'd like to come back to that. Yeah, the, for sure. The Sean, the Sean Julia, Julia, sorry, Julia Christian, and Julia. Christian. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I think, think it might. I think it might make the five. I honestly do, um, because I, yeah, I, I agree I with you. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, well, let's, I'm, let's loosely lock that in too. So we've loosely got through. We obviously got to come up with an order of these, which might be harder. So I'll just quickly go over the uh, five other ones that I've added here. One I know that you will not agree with at all. That is, Julia goes to heaven <laughs> up the, uh, the the path there, which I know you won't agree with that. The other ones I've got, uh, which are kind of two similar ones, they're both in the same episode. Um, it's Gina and um, Christian in the hospital bed. And then just, it's a little, little passing scene. The only reason I've included it here, because it had no bearing on the episode, but I just think it kind of, it sells Kimba and Christian as a couple moving forward. It's just that scene where Kimba's like, I'll always be here for you. Um, and obviously, I've got the cliffhanger right at the end um, with the carver. And the other one I've got, of course, is Ava is a man, the reveal. Kind of leaning in from 
Ava and Christian kind of slapping each other before they have sex before then because they are kind of back to back scenes. So I kind of that would be my point from Christian confronting Ava, uh, seemingly raping her, and then walking in the room and going, "Ava's a man." So they're the ones that I had on my list. Um, so yeah, I think probably of them, I could probably go with the um, the Ava reveal because I think you kind of have to have an Ava scene, and that's probably the yeah. strongest one. So. Um, I kind of had the, in, in terms of the able one, I kind of had the one which was, um, you know, the, the kind of intercut scene, which is, you know, um, Julia kind of confronting her and then um, the two guys having the conversation with Matt. Um, but I think you kind of really want to have that, that conversation, um, you know, because I think you want you want to include one where Ava is at least partially kind of that kind of snarky character because that's who she is through the whole season. And if you like Ava, then you kind of want to have a scene where she at least partially shows that. So... Um, I'd probably on our, if we're going to have a bit of a longer list than you, I would include that one. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely vetoing the, um, the whole thing with, <laughs> with Julia, for sure. Um, but, um, yeah, um, and the other one I think is, it, it's a nice thing, but I think, um, there's probably just too other, too much other stuff we need to kind of include. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I can run through the other ones that I've got if you want. Please do. Um, so, um, I, I actually, the one that I have, but I don't think we need it because we, we're including that kind of threesome scene is um, is the one where Sean and Christian are actually sewing the, the twins back together after they've died and you kind of get the, you know, the the kind of choral music and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the whole thing of, you know, we've been through so much, like the, the, the actual speech from Sean, but I actually don't think we need that if we've got the threesome scene, so I'm happy to lose that one. Um, Sean being attacked by the carver I think is a good scene, but I actually don't think we need it because... I don't think it's a, a, a big enough scene. I think we we're definitely going to have Carver scenes in in our top five for next season. So oh, I think I think there's one obvious one: the reveal of the Carver that will surely have to make our top five next season. Mm-hmm. Um, the Adrian death scene. I don't know if you want to start considering that one because I think you know when he turns up and and you know and she kind of can you know goes up to him and then he pulls the knife and stabs himself and it's all done in slow motion where you know you kind of think that he stabbed her and he hasn't and. You know, I think that's kind of quite a um, quite a cool scene as well. Um, mm, I mean, yeah. Uh, the only the Adrian one that I was thinking that if we would include an Adrian one more so would be the the dinner reveal that he reveals that they're sleeping with each other. Yeah, yeah. So that's, um, on, that's on my list as well. Um, then I've got the scene which is um, Christian says goodbye to Wilbur, but I think that's kind of caught up in the you know you can include that as part of the, you know, then Julia comes over and tells them about Matt. So I think that's all one scene. So um, I'd definitely be trying to um, trying to advocate for that one. Um, I, yeah, so I've got the dinner scene as well. That's another one that I've got. Um, the Alec Baldwin scenes, I don't know if we, you know, it might just be too much of a cameo, but, you know, it's a pretty pretty awesome kind of, um, you know, when he turns up it's in telling the whole Ava backstory is pretty cool. Um, Christian and Gina in hospital, which, yep, you've said as well. Um and the oh, so I got the. I don't know if you want anything from the Merrill scene. You know, right, right at the end when he's trying to cut. Christian's I thought about off. it, but I just I think kind of the way I kind of eliminated some because I was going to put that on my list too. But a lot of it too, I think, kind of thinking about it in the grand scheme of things, when we get to that final, you know, we'll probably just do a, a general final recap as well as a season six recap. Is kind of when we're going over what these are these are the finalists i guess to make the final five greatest moments if you know what i mean yeah. so i don't know if you could include one of those mirror ones as a you know top 30 scene if you know what i mean to make the potential yeah. top five overall so that would be my argument against that 
yeah no that's cool and i think probably the only other one that i've got on my list is um the scene where sean dumps natasha i think because it's just so so brutal natasha (laughs) did i say sean sorry sean i didn't realize they hooked up as well (laughs) yeah It's probably coming in the next Yeah, week. I was thinking that too, because I think kind of an argument for that is definitely it really shows that asshole sign to Christian. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, very strong points. Um, so you didn't, have the, you didn't have the cliffhanger with the carver. Well, I mean, for me, it's not that great of a scene. I think, you know, like, I think it's awesome in terms of in the moment, but if you're looking at five awesome scenes from this, this season, then I don't think it's up there. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great kind of, you know, gasp moment, but I think if you watch it back, it's not like, yeah, that was really well acted because it's just a guy in a, in a mask kind of slashing somebody. Um, good point. Yeah. So, you know, like it's a cool moment, but it's probably not one of the, the kind of top five that you'd have from, from the whole season. All right. So I think we're kind of only looking for one moment here because I think we've all, we've loosely put on, uh, yeah, Sean, uh, confronting Christian and obviously being told that's kind of all lumped into one. The threesome is two. Ava is a man, which kind of ties in the whole scene beforehand with uh, Christian and Ava, which I think has that interplay you were talking about, that kind of manipulating scene sort of from Ava. Uh, And then the Christian revealed that he is um, uh, uh, the father by Julia. So they're kind of our four. And I guess with the, we can tie in the Wilbur um, sort of taking away from Wilbur potentially with that one as well. So I guess we're really only looking for a, fifth here and was the only one that we kind of 100% agreed on there maybe the Gina and Christian scene or yeah well I mean it's, it's a good it's a good episode that one and I, a good scene and I think it closes off a really strong episode um, I think we need Adrian in there though I kind of think we have to have Adrian over I mean that like sorry to interrupt you there but I kind of think when it comes to Gina um, that's like if I was to think of this as finalists for the top five greatest scenes there's there's one particular Gina scene coming up in season five that I think is a way better scene. Um, and, I mean, it's a sweet scene, but kind of going on, you know... I mean, yeah, I don't know if that could make... I, I would be an advocate more so for the Adrian dinner scene than that, or an, or an Adrian scene in general. I mean, I, I would be more the dinner scene than the death scene. It's nothing against the death scene, but I kind of think the thing with Adrian is, to me, you need to show him more of being a bit of a dick and a bit of a manipulator rather than just crying and stabbing himself, if you know what I mean. So I think kind of that scene shows Ava a little bit as well, but I think it kind of shows more of Adrian as a character that he is, not his demise, if that makes sense. Yeah. um, Well, I think probably, like, if we look at the other ones we've got on the list, we've got a a very kind of um, um, Christian heavy. And I think that the dinner scene is one that doesn't feature Christian, but it does actually show off Matt, it shows off Ava, it shows off Julia, and it shows off Adrian, obviously. So I think it probably captures a part of the, a really important part of the whole season. Um, and so I don't want it to be all about Christian because I think that there's some awesome stuff um, from, the, you know, it's kind of like your B squad coming together for the scene um, and, and really delivering a, a really cool scene. You know, it's well acted, um, but it's also quite funny. Um, you know, the whole Adrian, the way Adrian delivers his lines is all, always, I really like it. So, yeah, so, I, you know, I definitely advocate for that one. So would that be our five then, I think, kind of off that? Because from memory, I don't think we actually had um, any Matt on our on our five, did we? Um, I'd have to pull that uh, that list up again. Um, 
But so okay, so going over this, so our five, shall we say? And this isn't in order yet. We're completely in order. Uh, Sean tells Christian I love you the most, and the kind of all that one tied in with that. The reveal, uh, the threesome. Uh, Ava is a man. Uh, Christian uh, being told by Julie that he's a father, and then the dinner scene. Uh, Adrian reveals that uh, being slept with. Uh, well, Matt and that are sleeping. So that's we're happy with that being our five. Yeah, that was a whole lot easier than I thought it would be. <laughs> Uh, so what order would, like, I mean, in terms of that, would we say the dinner scene is number five, given that yeah, that was the yeah. fifth one that we had to do? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So that one's kind of a, a bit of a simple one there. Um, what would you have at number one? Maybe we would do number one first. I mean, I would argue it's that I loved you the most. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a cool, and I think probably that's a really... What I like about that scene is that it's not just about dialogue. You know, you kind of get those cool camera angles, which are the kind of Sean POV as he pops in. Um, and it's also, it actually, you kind of forget, but there's also like some really kind of quite emotional scenes between Christian and Liz in that one as well. So I think you kind of, you cut across a couple of different storylines. Um, but and it's Sean's just, like vomiting and the slow mo and the, the breathing and all that sort of stuff. Sorry to interrupt you there. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, I'm quite happy with that to be number one. That's, that's cool by me. All right, so um, maybe the threesome at number four, kind of more as an overall arc in terms of the importance of that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm happy with that. So then, kind of, I mean, do we have number two, the reveal to Christian and back to back reveals, or I mean, I would argue just as a season, because uh, I mean, obviously, when we get to ranking our five out of the thirty finals that we've got, we're not going to really do that in order. We're not going to rank all thirty moments in order. We're only really going to choose five of those moments to arguably be the key five. But I think, kind of separating this as a season, an individual season, I would say the Ava as a man is most important to this season. So I would argue the reveal of Ava being a man would be number two. Yeah, and I think if we're looking at it as a list, I think it, it, it's kind of important to kind of cut up the the kind of um, you know Matt, Matt's father scenes because I think you know you could just if you just put them one two three, it can kind of get a bit boring. And um, I think that there's more to the season. You know, as we've talked about, you know that that's kind of over by episode eight. So um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be quite happy with that as the list as well. Alrighty, so uh, to go over that then, final five that we have here as our uh, top five moments of the season. So our number five, we have the whole dinner sequence between uh, Adrian, Matt and Julia and uh, Ava, basically where uh, Adrian reveals that Matt and Ava are sleeping together. What episode was that? Do you remember? Um, Oh, that's a good question. Uh... We would have to confirm that wouldn't we yeah is it is, was that the naomi Gaines episode i think it is yes it is you're right i'm just seeing it here uh ava and her son uh adrian for dinner so that is in naomi Gaines. uh that is that episode there just for those playing at home number four is the threesome scene obviously where christian and sean have a threesome with a prostitute that very much resembles julia that of course is in rose and raven rosenberg got that one out that time around the reveal to christian that uh he is the father of matt uh, that came in. What episode did that come in? Uh, da, 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 da. Um, yeah. Was that Joel Gideon? No. Yes, yes, it is. It is Joel, Joel Gideon. Yes, it uh, is. Yeah, yeah. Yep, Joel Gideon. 
number two, uh, obviously this one's uh, quite an easy one. Remember, this was in the finale. Uh, Ava is revealed to be as a man, and obviously the scene that follow uh, uh, commences that with Christian, obviously kind of raping her. I don't want to say that. That sounds a bit mean. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, the number one, which is interesting, this comes from an episode that I binned, but it comes from uh, Agatha Rip, of course, the reveal to Sean by Julia that he is not Matt's father and that obviously that ultimately leads into Christian punching... Uh, sorry, Sean punching Christian and then that heartbreaking line, I loved you the most. Um, so there's our five. Well done, Nick. That was good. Yeah. That was good. That was uh, very efficient of us. Lock it in, Eddie. Uh, there we go. That's season two done and dusted, and that obviously leads us now into season three. Now, not quite as excited for season three as I was coming into season two, but that's not to say that I don't like season three. Season three, I think, is a is a is a pretty decent, solid season. Obviously, it's really dominated by the Carver and uh, this Carver storyline. Um, and yeah, so be prepared for a heavy amount of Carver goodness. And I think kind of the mystery is kept there right until the very end of kind of guessing the who is it, who is a Carver. And I'm telling you now, I had no idea who the fuck the Carver was until the final episode. So uh, yeah, but I mean, going back and watching it now, I think there's definitely elements where it is sort of obvious who the Carver is, but I will talk about that in the big reveal. But uh, I mean, other bits, I, I, I like the fact that kind of Kimber and Gina both become part of the main cast because they're a lot more prominent. I enjoy sort of a lot of their stuff. Although, having said that, as much as I do enjoy the whole um, Julia, Gina, and Liz kind of storyline separate from the uh, the men, uh, it kind of it still disappoints me slightly that it doesn't really go anywhere post this season, just as a bit of a spoiler. Um, there's some random shit that goes on this season, like when Sean kind of quits for a while and joins the FBI. Um, yep, that happens. It's a little bit more complex than that. Um, and there's, I think, a lot of heavy stuff, as I said, with Christian, uh, with Christian and Kimber. And then obviously we have a bit of heavy stuff with Christian and his background too, which I think is very, very, uh, deep stuff when we learn a little bit about Christian's father. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very bipolar season. I don't think it's as solid as season one and two. I think we're going to have a lot more rentits and it wouldn't surprise me if we have a few binnets in this season. Um, and one thing that I'll say, it's got kind of one of my weird uh, side characters that we only get in one season, similar to Ava, not as much as I love Ava, but um, we get Rona Mitra in this season, Kit McGraw. Uh, now, I've got a lot to say about Rona Mitra because a, a very good friend of mine was madly in love with her and it kind of sidestepped on my love to uh, Rona Mitra. So I'm glad that she was in this season. Um, and just you tell me when we watch this show uh, this season, Nick, if she doesn't remind you of a very famous female video game character, which I can tell you there's a big connection between those two anyway. But uh, yeah, season three, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll be uh, straight up that I felt like I had a reasonable grasp of season one and two. Um, it's probably fair to say that I haven't watched season three since it was actually on TV. Um, so I'm looking forward to kind of going back, having not seen it for quite some time, um, and you know, just to see what I make of it, kind of going going back to it, um, knowing the the final outcome, obviously, because this is a real kind of like they play up the mystery, and I think we kind of move, you know, it's quite a kind of crime mystery based show um, in parts the season, which is kind of weird um, because that's not what the show is. So it's kind of getting away from the formula that worked really well in season one and two. And I think, you know, the show became really popular here and they were playing with house money a little bit. So I think they're trying things that, you know, sometimes they work really well and sometimes they, they just don't work. Um, yeah. But, so it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that plays out as we kind of watch it week to week. 
Definitely, and I, and I will say that like, for sure. You can tell that this is kind of a product of a success at this point, as we kind of touched on. Season three obviously became a, a, a show that was no longer a summer show. This was in actual TV rating season. Um, you know, obviously it's off the back of a Golden Globe win, uh, the highest rating season out of all of them overall, um, and obviously the most talked about season, you would argue, in terms of the whole Carter plot. I kind of put it into mainstream media conversation, Nip Tuck, at this point. Um, and, I mean, look, as I've just quickly add, I mean, Matt has a very interesting season, particularly at the beginning, uh, and then even at the end, some of his storylines quite interesting. And actually, there's a random side character, um, Ariel, played by uh, an actress who I have a mad crush on, Brittany Snow, um, uh, very interesting oh, to her right at the season. Um, and I will say, I, I might argue, and I kind of, I'm just going through the episode list here, and there's one episode here which I'll be interested to see if I'll say this when we watch it, and we'll say it at the end of it. I might argue maybe the worst episode of Nip Tuck of all six seasons. There is an episode in it that just feels so out of place, and to me, they have legitimately done this because they got a bit of extra Golden Globe money. Uh, and there's a particularly a storyline in this episode which just f- infuriates me that I think just makes no sense at all. Um, and it really paints a character in a completely different light, which I think is incredibly bad for that character. But, uh, yeah, I look forward to getting that. And also, uh, as we mentioned, Quinton as well. Get used to getting used to Quinton, if that makes sense. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun. Season two is done. Sad, but uh, also excited to move on to uh, more and more Nip Tuck as we get into uh, season three. I think we've kind of gone through the absolute peak of the absolute uh, high-performance stuff now. We're definitely moving into a period of the show where uh, it's still very, very good, but be prepared for a few more misses than hits uh, leaning forward. But again, having said that, we're still in a very strong season, I would definitely say, compared to some of the later seasons. So I'm not trying to completely talk down season three. Uh, Nick, it's uh, obviously been a lot of fun. I don't know why I'm thinking like that. We don't generally do it this way, but I'll uh, just quickly close this out by saying to everybody, uh, remember, if you do like this show, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us uh, to get these episodes direct to your devices, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, you know where to find us. And while you're there, we'd appreciate any ratings or feedback you do wish to give. And uh, we obviously look forward to covering more Nip Tuck. We've got some other shows that we're covering as well, so stay tuned for those. Well, of course, movies and everything else. It's all under one roof here on the Oz Network. Uh, but my name is Ben, and Nick, I loved you the most. And I'm Nick, and uh, I'm his uh, biological father. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.